Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Ben! Yes. Yeah. How are you, buddy? Oh, you sound a little depressed. No, I'm fine. This is, while we're recording a little bit later than usual, I'm just ready for bed. Yeah, I know. Me too. I'm a tired old man. Well, you wouldn't know because you uh, have been forbidden to listen to my other podcast. I've been doing Halloween Blitz, where I record new shows like every day of Halloween stories. And uh, I did two today to get ready for while my kids are here, so I'm pretty burnt out. Are you also getting ready for being unemployed? Is this practice for that? Yeah, it's a little bit of practice okay. for that. I got to have something to keep me sane. I can't just lay down in the basement and dribble a baseball. Dribble a baseball? <laughs> <laughs> Up and down yeah. to stay sane? Uh-huh. I got to find something else to do. So, But let's not talk about me and my pending unemployment. How's Ben? What's been going on with you for the last two weeks? Well, my boss has COVID. <laughs> Oh, I hope he's okay, but still, fuck him. <laughs> uh, it's a she, not not the uh, not the owner of the company who oh. hosted Trump. My direct supervisor. She oh. has COVID. Oh, well, so. that's too bad. Is she doing okay? It's, I don't care. Oh, you care? Not really. It's kind of nice not having her around. So. Oh, that's horrible. What if she dies, Ben? That would be a tragedy. Obviously. <laughs> you heartless son of a bitch! I was hoping it was the company owner. Yeah, you know what? Stupid we stupid people win stupid prizes, so yeah, <clears throat> I I don't think she's taking the whole thing very seriously, so uh she kinda deserves to get it. Oh, she's not? Yeah. She probably takes her cue from her uh from her boss. Yeah, she's a she's a better fit culturally for the company than I am. So yeah. She yeah. she lives in a more much more rural part of the state. Uh as I mentioned before, when the mask mandate was announced, she annoyingly said uh, I guess this means I'm going to have to buy a mask now. <laughs> because she didn't have a mask yet, even though we were months into the pandemic at that point. So That's crazy. I, anyway, last week she was on a, a trip for work. She was in a different city for a couple of days, and she came back and she seemed tired. Um, oh, boy. Was she on Friday, a Yeah, yeah, she had oh, to cool, go. Oh, cool, 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 cool. She had to go to Atlanta. Um yeah. So that was last Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday and Thursday, she was back in the office. Um, not at 100%, but she's also really hard to read. So it's hard to tell if she's in a bad mood, if she's tired, if she's fine, but just moody. I don't know. She's hard to read. Hmm. And then Friday, she uh, worked from home, which is unusual because she's a workaholic and she loves being in the office 12 hours every day. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, she uh, emailed this morning right away saying that she had tested positive over the weekend, uh, which didn't really surprise me. When she stayed home on Friday, I, I, that was the first thing that popped in my head. It's like, I bet you she got COVID. Yeah. And she <clears throat> did. Uh, and she's so sick. I mean, she's such a workaholic, and she wasn't even, like, uh, calling into meetings today. Like, that's how she, oh, wow. sick she is. So, yeah, it must be bad. Well, it floors people. Um, my coworker soon-to-be ex-co-worker that also listens to the show. She's the one that uh, recommended Belong to Me. Um, she's got excellent, COVID. Excellent recommendation, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, she did a great job with that one. Uh, she's got COVID, and she said that she... I think that she said that she didn't really have many like serious breathing issues. Um, she already has... Uh, wow. I want to say hepatitis. Asthma. <laughs> so she, she said at one point that wait, she, wait, wait, Becca, why did you want to say hepatitis? I don't know. For some reason, I was looking for the word asthma in my mind, and hepatitis, just like, it was like the devil. Like, say hepatitis. Say it. Say hepatitis. You know it's hepatitis. <laughs> she has asthma. So she said at one point she had to um, uh, bust out the inhaler. Uh, okay. But otherwise, she, like, it didn't really, it's, uh, it's basically knocked her on her butt where she's just got no energy and she's, you know, I think has a high fever and all that kind of stuff. But so it really, it really takes you out. It's pretty crazy. But yeah, I know. I'm looking forward to a nice, peaceful week at work without having to deal with my boss. It's going to be nice. You're going to be one of those jerks that uh, when you're, the owner comes out and announces to everyone that she passed away, 
uh, if it was a movie, I'd cut to a close-up of you just fighting back a twitchy little smile. <laughs> <laughs> and then no, looking around I like, I hope no one's seen me. <laughs> I don't want her to die, but it's I'm trying to make the the best of it. <laughs> trying to make the best of it. Well, all right. Anything else besides that going on? Well, in also, life? it's annoying. I'm sure she... I, she must have suspected something. She, like I said, she clearly wasn't herself last week, but mm-hmm. yet she was in the office. So that's kind of annoying. Um, well, she's probably in denial. It's like that other yeah. lady I was telling you about that got COVID. This one lady I know that she she had the hard breathing. She had like two or three days where she could hardly breathe, but she wouldn't go to the doctor. And she didn't have a thermometer, yeah. so she couldn't check her temperature. And she's just and now she's the one that's like uh, a COVID denier. She thinks it's all just like a hoax to get Donald yeah. Trump to not be elected. And you I'm know, like, now you I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> you I, had COVID, and you're spreading it around to everyone. I'm curious now. This hadn't occurred to me until you just mentioned the temperature there. I wonder. Hmm. There's a possibility. Now. I'm wondering if my boss actually tried to go to work last Friday, but was turned away because her temperature was too high, because we do have a temperature check at the door. Oh. I'm kind of wondering if that's what happened, because I, I, yeah. That might have been what pushed her over. Like that she might be have the been only, told to go take yeah, a test. Yeah, that might be the only reason she got tested. I yeah. don't know. I, I'm pure speculation here. I don't know. But uh, that I, I wouldn't put it past her. Mm. Anyway, so I'm annoyed, though, that she, I think, was probably experiencing some sort of symptoms, still came to the office and yeah. was putting everyone at risk. I'm grateful that, personally, uh, she and I are barely on speaking terms these days, so I don't interact with her that much. But there is still a certain amount of interaction that needs to be done. Why are you barely on speaking terms with your boss? Yeah, we. I, I don't make any effort to interact with her any more than I Oh, okay. that I have to, and that's not very much. So, um, and she's not really making that for. Yeah, we just have like an uneasy, unspoken truce, I guess, where we just don't talk to each other. Have you guys had spats in the past? What's going on that caused that? Yeah, there's been tension. I mean, it's. it's I, I recognize that I'm just not a good cultural fit at this company, and I think it's probably affecting. Oh, okay. my performance and stuff. <laughs> I don't know, but it's just. Because I, I, I think I, I'm not willing to put in the extra time or effort because I think mm-hmm. that should be a two-way street. So if they're going to be so completely inflexible with working conditions and working hours, mm-hmm. like I'm, you know, if you want me there, butts and seats, eight to five, Monday to Friday, that's that's exactly what you'll get from me and nothing more. Oh, sure, sure. I see. Anyway, so there was very little interaction between me and her last week, but still, she was in the office. I'm a little annoyed that she potentially exposed me to whatever symptoms she has. So I, I have to like, now I'm paranoid that I'm going to develop symptoms. Yeah, but. totally. That's that willful ignorance that I just can't stand where it's like, for they're not concerned about it. Fine, whatever, but at least be aware of the fact that there's a pandemic going on, whether you take it seriously or not, and don't spread it to other people, even if you don't think it's going to kill them. Like, it's sort of like the reason why you go get flu shots. Like, the flu probably isn't going to kill anyone if you give it to them, but you should get the shot so that you're not spreading it anyways, you know. And I don't know if that's entirely it with her, or if it's more that she has this, she's such a workaholic, and she just has this, like, perverse sense of duty that she needs to go into the office no matter what to get the job done so we can sell more fucking countertops. Yeah, well... but to the point of like, well, I don't care if I give this to anyone else. Like, I might have it. I don't know, but I don't want to get tested because I got to go work, and I don't care if I give it to anybody else. What I'm saying is, I don't think the thought process is even that complicated. I don't think all that other stuff enters into it. It's just like, it's Monday. I have to go to work now. That's it, and that's it. I think that's the extent of the thinking. I don't think there's any more nuance or depth to it to that. It's just like, I work. So there's not I, even a, you don't think there's even like a, hell, oh, I don't feel good. Hope I don't have the virus and give it to anyone. You don't even think that plays into it? No, I don't think so. It's just like, it's a weekday. I'm going to the office. <laughs> like some kind of automaton. Yeah, yeah pretty much. That's amazing. Yeah. So. Well, as far as the temperature getting taken, uh, when the layoffs for my work were announced, um, this one lady I work with, she, she said, I wanted to get a puppy, but now I don't think I should. And I said, why not? And she goes, well, it's because I don't know if I'll be able to afford it. And I said, ah, you'll be able to afford it. I was without a job. Well, for like, wait, that's reckless. What sort of advice is that? No, nah, it comes from a personal experience. I was out of a job for nine months and I didn't get unemployment or anything and I was broke. And, uh, and that was 
a long story. I decided to start doing freelance, but the freelance fell through the tubes, and then it's like, whatever. It just became a big struggle to uh, get money per month. So I was eating ramen noodles and stuff all the time. Um, but I still was able to scrounge up the money to feed my cats and stuff. So it's like yeah. still, I, mean, I, I was juggling bills like crazy and put myself deep but in debt. You, but you already had the cats, though, right? You didn't yeah, acquire I didn't new time, cats. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, don't go ahead. telling but people. But she's to... got a husband and stuff, so it's not like she doesn't have any income coming in. Like, you know, it's. I, I just said, if it's going to make you happy, go get the puppy. Because you're upset, she was crying and stuff, and I'm like, just make yourself feel better. Go get the puppy; it'll help you feel better. And you know, you got a husband that's got a well, job. You're not totally uh, broken. That's kind of irresponsible. I, I don't, don't know if I'm on board. I this. thought it was a nice gesture on my part, but then I took my own advice and uh, I bought myself a new phone. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> like a moron. I'm literally yeah. in the process of finishing off some credit card debt that I have to be ready for when the layoff happens. And in that process, I was like. No, the new phones came out. Maybe I should treat myself. You know, a little bit of debt right before it's too late to take on any more. The logic was out the window. There's no solid reasoning for this whatsoever. But I ordered the phone. Yeah. Uh, I stood. Uh, you can order it. Then you got a certain time you're supposed to go pick it up from the store. Is that the fucking iPhone, too? Is that what you got? You got yeah. a goddamn iPhone. Dude. Fuck you. I got it because I'm a camera dork. No, no, don't stop trying to justify it. You got it because you're a fucking... But sheep, I don't know. Going, yeah, you got nothing. No, I'm a camera dork. It's got an actual telephoto lens built in, like I a don't real one. Fucking care. And it can take pictures in the dark, which you do with an SLR camera by holding up the, the shutter open for five seconds. It does the same thing. So it's like, oh, all the stuff I've always wanted, finally on a phone. Yeah. Otherwise, the phone itself is no different than the one I had. So that's depressing. Yeah, but it's, no, it's just the camera. Always so. the same. Okay. Anyways. Mr. Fuddy Duddy, I bought it, did a lot of stuff yeah. like I was taking a dump and I was playing with the phone and I realized, oh, it's dark enough outside. So I turned off the lights and while I sat there taking a dump, I took nighttime photos of the inside of my bathroom. <laughs> That's, that was my first foray into photography now that I have this phone and I haven't done anything since. But while I stood in line to go pick well, it up. Just as long as you're happy. I am. Uh, while I stood in line to go pick it up, uh, even though they have a scheduled time, and I'm like, good, I'm not going to be one of those dorks standing in line to go get the new iPhone. Uh, there's a scheduled time, I'm supposed to come in and pick it up. So I go there at my scheduled time, and there's a line. And I said, I have a schedule. Do I have to stand in this line? They said, yeah, you got to stand in this line. I was like, God damn it. And it's just to keep, keep X amount of people from physically being in the store is the only thing. And so as I stood in line at the uh, Ridgedale Mall, one of the Ridgedale Mall cops came up and scanned me real quick as if I wasn't going to notice to see if I had a fever. It was yeah. kind of weird. Uh, he, when, he, when I turned and I saw him scanning me, I was like, what are you doing? He goes, oh, is it okay if I take your temperature? It's, it's mandatory. We have to do it. I was like, all right. Why didn't you say that before you started scanning me? And he's like, well, you check out. You're good. And then he walked off. <laughs> was, yeah. You know what the other funny thing about uh, temperature scan is? is uh, it's too late by that point, isn't it? If you're running a fever, a high temperature, you're already spreading it. Yeah, spreading it, yeah. That's what really infuriates me about the temperature check station at my office. It's like, okay, good. So now we know that whoever is scanning too high, they've been spreading it for five days. So that's good to know. Yeah, because you can be asymptomatic for like a full week before you actually even have a fever or anything. Yeah. So you're, especially at your office where no one's wearing a mask, they're just walking around breathing it all over each other. Most of the people are wearing a mask, but there's... Oh, are they? I thought they weren't. I thought they still were. No, most are, but there's a few pretty egregious violators. It's just stupid. But yeah, the the temperature check is so dumb. Yeah. I know. It's too I know, buddy. I'm with you. It's frustrating. The whole process is frustrating. Plus the White House, uh, or either people in the White House or the White House officially made a statement... Saying that they officially give up trying to fight the virus. They're just waiting yeah, we, for a vaccine. Yeah, we can't control this. Isn't that what they said? Yeah. yeah. They said we can't control this. We're just waiting for a vaccine now. So, fuck Did it. Pence test positive yet or just everybody around him? Uh, as of today, an article I saw, he didn't test positive. But uh, for anyone listening to the show, the reason why we care about Pence is because everyone around him, all of his aides and everybody has the virus. And he doesn't. And- but and he's, he's still, still going to come out to and Minnesota. He's coming public today. appearances. Yeah, it's, was it today or tomorrow? 
He's going, know, he's fun, going to Hibbing. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> got to drum up that base of support in Hibbing, Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he's going to go out there and glad hand everyone and get everyone sick and stuff. So good for him. What yeah, a turd. good for him. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about with your week? Anything specifically like on a, I don't know, like a, like, I'm just going to pick a random day, uh, like a Sunday that you might have done on like a, I don't know, is a Sunday like a good day you might have done something on that you want to talk about or? Yeah, I had a video date yesterday, yesterday being Sunday. How did you know? Wow. <laughs> As you told me, not about the video date part. Oh, okay. Oh, how'd the video yeah, date Yeah, it was a go? video date. Uh, it was fine. Really? Yeah, Nothing. she. Uh, that's it. Seems like a. She could be a warm body for the winter, so that's what oh. I'm looking for. Well, that's if you can ever see her in person. Uh well, yeah, we 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 made in person plans. So. Oh, look at you too. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna, are you gonna do? I'm gonna go for a walk later in the week, I guess. Uh, yeah. No, well, look at you. Uh, dating's so weird right now. Like, what what can you do? Like. First dates are weird to begin with, and then it's even weirder because it was a video date. So it's like, I can't read this very well at all. Yeah. She seemed nice. She was friendly. She's smart. She's funny. She's attractive. Mm. But I don't know. It's just so hard to tell over the video date. Well, plus it's cold out now. So you either have to bundle up and go take a walk outside. You can't, like, sit inside and get coffee or dinner or something. Yeah. I know. That which. Yeah. So it's just going to be weird. But it's supposed to warm up next week. We're going on Friday. It's supposed to be. A little bit warmer on Friday, so. Um, oh, whoa, whoa. Like snow's going to melt on Friday? Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like near 50 later this week, so. So I might actually have a Halloween after all. Because basically in my mind, uh, October. Well, no, you can't done. have a Halloween. There's still a deadly pandemic going around. I don't know. Are you, are you fucking crazy? I wanted leaves rustling across the ground and the whole fall experience on Halloween, whether kids show up oh, or okay. not. But uh, suddenly there's snow, and I'm like, well, that's done. I might as well bust out the Christmas town and put up the Christmas lights. <laughs> You can't put a Christmas town yet, can you? No, of course not. It's okay. not even Thanksgiving yet. Yeah, all right. To, I have. I still have to unbox Turkey City before I have <laughs> Christmas town. Oh, Turkey City. Okay. But well, that's nice. So you, you met a you met a fine lady. Well, yeah. good for you. She's uh, older than me. She's divorced. Oh, so, even more broken than I am, maybe. Possibly. Mat- match made in heaven. I don't know. Older than you by six years. No, no, no. Only, only two. Okay. Well, that's still uh, part of my dating problem. Uh, and this probably shouldn't stay in the show, but I guess it will. Part of my yeah, dating problem is that I am so exhausted and tired of living that when I <laughs> am with someone, I just want to be happy and not argue a lot and not uh, be under a lot of stress, and I don't want to put them under a lot of stress. I just want us to enjoy each other's company while we're together and just be happy. Everyone I date uh, in their middle age, in their 40s, are all bitter as hell because they're all divorced. And I went through a bitter stage, too. I just got exhausted and grew out of it. But they're not, and they're all angry. Yeah, it sounds like you really grew out of your bitter stage. That's coming across loud and clear. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, well done. So I'm just warning you, uh, don't be surprised if all of a sudden some of the cracks start to show. Some of the resentments towards a previous relationship start to come out. Like, I, I don't want you to do what Phil did kind of attitude, because I, I've gotten a few of that. Uh, I, yeah, I didn't. I know, one day I didn't pick up that vibe, so I, I don't think I have to worry about that, but... Yeah. Oh, they hide it. And this counts for men, too. <laughs> I, have, I know personally a lot of divorced men that are just spiteful, angry little men. And the women are the same way. So dating in your 40s is the worst possible. So you're right on the cusp. You solidify something now, and you stop dating, and you 100% on it. Because after this, it's just a, a, a cascade of shit. Well, let's move on to another topic. Yeah, you'll... You'll forgive me if I don't take a lot of dating advice from you at this point. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, I think it'd be the biggest mistake you ever made if you didn't. Uh, well, you get to go on a date, so uh, good luck to you. It'll, I'll keep you posted. Of course, yeah. it'll make the podcast suffer, and that's literally all I have going for me right now. <laughs> so I, I have mixed again, feelings. Again, you're not bitter, though, so that's good. No, I'm, glad, I'm not. I'm glad that no. you're not bitter anymore like you used to be, but you definitely aren't anymore. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, all right. Should we move on to the show, or do you, you want to get to the backyard uh, blast bird blurb? 
Well, yeah, that's next on the agenda, right? Yeah. Hold on, I just got to cue it up here. Cue it up? Oh, I thought maybe you are going to play your own music for her. I already have the music. Yeah, she loves the music, by the way. Does well, she? well done with that. Yeah, yeah, so... That's good, because uh, you and I both just want to make sure Gretchen's happy. No, that's kind of the whole point. She's the, she's kind of the anchor of the show. Everything's based around this one segment. Yes. And now it's her husband. I wonder if with Phil's corner, what's he get? Um, no. Joke and time with Phil. When we get to the jokes, uh, I asked if they were hers or uh, Mr. Gretchen's. Yeah. And I'm just going to say Mr. Mr. Gretchen or new dad. <laughs> Fine. Um, and Gretchen said that those were her jokes, but he laughed at them. So, oh, okay. when we get to the Ooh, jokes, Mr. Gretchen's gotchas. Is that a segment we can start? <laughs> Let's not get carried away. All right, fine. Gretchen's backyard blast bird blurb, <laughs> Halloween edition. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> Timely. I still like that you can't say Gretchen's backyard blast, blast bird blurb without saying it every word perfectly in instacado <laughs> i'm a consummate professional what do you want me to do i suppose you should be a radio uh, a radio d- uh, jockey go on okay so the halloween edition once upon a midnight dreary which i <laughs> pondered weak and weary we learned about the raven it is considered by some to be the most intelligent of all birds they are known to follow wolf packs around to pick up scraps and pick at bones of a kill. Wow, wow. They mate for life and use the same nest site for years. Quoth the raven, nevermore. <laughs> I'm glad you got the Poe quote in there. Thanks, Gretchen. Oh, I love that. I love that she had to squeeze the Poe in there. Yeah, can't get too much power this time of year. Well, look at that. Yes, I've heard about ravens. I think we've talked about them in the past. I saw some documentary about how intelligent they are and how they can use tools and stuff. Well, they're, of course, part of the Corvid family, so we know that (laughs) from previous Backyard Blast Bird blurbs. Which is another delicious play on words for COVID, which is where that all started from. That was a theme she's riding with. Yeah. Now, he's got any jokes? What did the skeleton say to the vampire? (laughs) You suck. <laughs> not not exactly a thinker there. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Okay, uh, she's got two jokes this week though. So, um, why did the ghost go to the bar <laughs> to get sheet faced? <laughs> oh, these are adorable. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Gretchen. Perfect as always. Oh, my daughter asked me, uh, Dad. What's the pumpkin's favorite sport? Do you know what that would be? No, please tell me. Well, initially, my answer was getting pumpy because I couldn't think of anything. Is that uh, squash? It's squash, yeah, oh, okay. obviously now, but that's the best I could come up with. <laughs> Wait, what, what was yours? Getting pumpy. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, getting pumpkin-y. I don't know. I couldn't think of anything, so let's go. Uh, <laughs> I get, still uh, understand what that means. It doesn't mean anything. It's not like get, I guess like... In my mind, I mean, she never picked up on it, but in my mind, maybe it's like getting down, you know, having sex, getting pumpy with pumpkins, my call. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with it, but that's all that came out of my mouth. And she goes, what? No, squash. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, oh, of course, squash. Obviously. Well, anyways. I was trying to just say I, to hepatitis. I don't know. <laughs> That's all I can think of. <laughs> it's something in the back of my mind is telling me to say hepatitis again, <laughs> and I don't know why this keeps happening. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next section. Okay. This week, uh, we're reading <laughs> book two of book four <laughs> of uh, Breaking Dawn by Stephanie Meyer, uh, written in 2008. Uh, I have some uh, cute little tidbits about the author. Did you have any? I know you were holding on to a couple. 
Well, okay, yeah, I've got I've got a new one this week that Ooh. I didn't see before. Then the one that I was holding on to. So the, this fact I kind of like just because of the website that it's from, which is seems to be just poorly translated through some Chinese bot or something. <laughs> What's the site? Uh, myinterestingfacts.com. Oh, okay. I, I've been going to whatthefact.com for my other podcast uh, about the authors that I'm reading. Mm-hmm. And what the fact is also poorly translated. It's hilarious. Apparently, there's like a whole cottage industry of these websites that have dumb facts that are poorly, poorly written. But go on. Stephanie Meyer Facts 2, the best-selling book. In 2008, Twilight was considered as the best-selling books. <laughs> People looked for this book in various stores in United States. <laughs> Everything about that is correct. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting fact, isn't it? Yes, it is. People looked for them in every store in the United States. Wow. Well, anything else? Or should we do dueling uh, fun facts? Uh, let's do dueling because I have to uh, look mine up. I had a hastily written note about it, but I forgot exactly what it means, so I got to look it up again. All right, fine. I got one that we already sort of know, but it, it gives a little uh, a little background, a little bit more filler. The idea for Twilight came from a dream that Meyer had on the second of June in two thousand three, which I'm sure there's some hugely creepy people celebrate every year. No, Twilight Day is uh, it's September thirteenth or something. Oh, it says here the 2nd of June, 2003 is when she had the dream. Yeah, yeah, but Bella Swan's birthday is September 13th or something. So it's like a stupid fangirl holiday. Yeah, you're right. We should probably be celebrating that. Maybe we should do... uh, We just missed it. I'm annoyed that we we didn't know this a month ago. I know. I was going to say, well, maybe for next year we should consider, especially with the pandemic, or we just do it from home. We have have our own fuckboy night and see if it's an episode worth actually publishing. Fuckboys! Uh, I don't know if I've explained this to the listeners before, but yeah, it uh, doesn't need explanation, does it? This all the book boys all started because once a year we get together and get drunk, and we decide sometimes sometimes twice a year, sometimes twice a year we call it fuck boy night because we couldn't think of a better name, and at the time fuck boy was a new term. Uh, Since then, just guys that want to get laid and they're douchey. It was new to us anyway. It was I don't know how with the times we were. No, because I. It was in a lot of rap songs back in 2012 or whenever we yeah. started doing this. And uh, and so then I was asking one of my friends who listens to a lot of rap. I'm like, my friend and I call our night fuckboy night. Is that a bad idea? And he goes, yeah. And I go, why? He goes, it just means you're an idiot. And I'm like, yeah, that seems to fit. I And I, I still contend like that's not for him to say. That's kind of our word. He can't, <laughs> we, we get to use that word. He, he doesn't get to tell us what fuckboy means. I know. You said we're, we're taking back the word. That's our word. Um yeah. But so, yeah, everything, then, then we kind of got sick of doing it because we just don't like getting that drunk. And so, but maybe a fuckboy night on <laughs> Bella Swan's birthday uh, could be like that one recording we made that we never released because it was just too embarrassing. Well, another part of this is that the dream that Meyer had was written down uh, and became a chapter 13 of her first book. Uh, and to convert such extraordinary and eccentric dream thought into a complete novel. And maybe this came from a similar site, because this is horribly put together. I just copied <laughs> and pasted. Uh, eccentric dream thought into a complete novel. It took her only three months to write the whole book. <laughs> That's how you know she's a really good writer. Yeah, because everything comes out perfectly, and you can just do it real fast in three months. All right, so that is, uh, uh, that is uh, my point. Now I need yeah. your counterpoint. Where is your fun fact? Uh, the skateboard and clothing company Hobo Skate Company has announced they've teamed up with Stephanie Meyer for a line of T-shirts and skateboards. Shut available up. Available for purchase worldwide on their website starting today. Um, today <laughs> being uh, September 2nd, 2009. Oh, God. And thank you. And the link is dead in this article. The, uh, the domain is for sale. I, I think... This partnership is—it was a failed business venture. It seems it's a failed venture. Clearly, if they can't even maintain the website or anything, uh, which is disappointing because I, I kind of I want I want to own a T-shirt. Would you? I think I'd like to have a skateboard. Well, maybe I'd pin up the T-shirt here in the podcast studio, uh, or a skateboard deck, which would be real cool. To like yeah. suddenly like say something really cool about one of her books, and then you hear me walk away from the microphone, just do a really sweet kickflip. But I'm, I'm going to be scouring eBay now looking for a <laughs> Stephanie Meyer Hobo Skate Company t-shirt. <laughs> no. That's amazing. 
Uh, one of my points is she was inspired to write uh, by classic novelists such as Austin, Bronte, and Shakespeare. Yep, that's what happened. Yeah. And you can see it. You can see it in her work. Well, that's yeah, it for me. Do you got another one you want to say, or are we done? Uh, we're done. Well, let's get into our next segment. Ben reviews the book, which was pretty hilarious last time, because <laughs> you sound so crabby as you're doing it. Yeah, I don't know if I can if I can live up to that standard again, but... Um... Yeah, so uh, book two here, uh, Jacob. So this is all it's we all get a Jacob. lot. Of it, huh? It's all Jacob. It's all Jacob. This is this is a wolf heavy book because um, <laughs> apparently Stephanie Meyer thought we wanted a bunch of wolf fiction. I I don't know. I didn't know I wanted it, but once I had it, I surprised I've lived this long without it. So anyway, this is from Jacob's point of view. It uh, picks up right after the wedding. So uh, Bella and Edward are on honeymoon. Jacob's worried sick about Bella. Um, he decides he's going to attack the Cullens and kill them for some reason. Uh, there's a bunch of wolf mind melding uh, and stuff. <laughs> they run around a lot. They smell things. Yep. Uh, unsurprisingly, Jacob forms an uneasy alliance with Edward because they both uh, are devoted to Bella and her happiness. <laughs> Edward kind of decided he wants to be a cuck and let Jacob impregnate Bella for some weird reason. I don't know what the logic was there. Never really fleshed out, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bella's still a very stubborn girl. She's determined to deliver this baby, even if it's going to kill her and everyone she knows. Uh, there's a bunch of werewolf infighting in politics. Uh, there's like a, a breakaway pack. Um, the fetus is hungry for blood, which it took way too long for people to figure out that the vampire baby might be thirsty for blood. I don't know. They had to read Jacob's mind to figure that out, even though one of the vampires is a fucking doctor. <laughs> so finally, Bella drinks some blood so the baby can get some sustenance and then Edward is able to start hearing the baby's thoughts and the baby loves Edward and Bella and then uh, they give birth uh, and uh <laughs> I don't know. That's about, oh, there's maybe some budding romance between Jacob and um, Leah, the other wolf, the female werewolf, which is a thing. Or also, it seems like Jacob and Alice maybe have something going on. I don't know. Stay uh, tuned. See well, how that maybe. one plays out, huh? Well, maybe. Yeah. Uh, well, that was fantastic, Ben. Thank Your, you. Uh, crabby and hurried review of the chapters we read. <laughs> um, let's get into what sucked. Uh, first of all, the book inside this bigger book has its own epigraph and a preface <laughs> where she quotes William Shakespeare. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh. And then there's a quote, I guess, from Jacob or it's the title. Is it the title of the chapter? No. Well, that was the, the other thing that stood out about this book is all the, the chapter titles are really long, long and, and obnoxious. Totally obnoxious. But the quote, sorry, really quick, the quote that's on, I think, like the, the, the preface or whatever, it just says, life sucks and then you die. Yeah, I should be so lucky. And then that's it. <laughs> I was like, what? why? Yeah. Why is that there? But yes, the names of the chapters, I actually wrote them all down because they are so bad. <laughs> They're so stupid. And that was, I think, the other thing. Like, It seems like the wolves are supposed to be some sort of comic relief here with their stupid banter back and forth. Is that what Stephanie Meyer was going for? I don't know. It was just... I didn't really catch that. I, ca I caught his whole thing about... I mean, this this goes in my what the hell section, but he has a bunch of blonde jokes that he does for yeah. Rosalie. Yeah. It's just constant. And they're like kind of offensive. And I don't understand why. I guess that's her attempt at comic relief or something like funny banter. There's all that. The and just and some of the and some of the banter between the walls is supposed to be like the insults that they're trading are so dumb, but it's supposed to be funny, I think. And then I don't know if Jacob is supposed to be like cool, but he keeps saying things like vampire chow and furry butt like he's <laughs> supposed to sound cool I think but it's just weird and clumsy I don't know <laughs> no it's definitely weird and clumsy um, yeah oh uh, well just a couple of the titles uh, chapter one is called waiting for the damn fight to start already that's the name of the chapter yeah uh, sure is. next chapter is sure as hell didn't see that one coming so that's the that's the level of chapter titles that we're dealing with for some reason in this book. I don't know why, but she thinks it's clever. Um, yeah. Oh, my favorite. Uh, I'm not going to keep reading them, but 
My other favorite is, what do I look like? The Wizard of Oz? You need a brain? You need a heart? Go ahead. Take mine. Take everything I have. That's the name of the chapter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty obnoxious. Yeah, <sighs> I didn't really catch on to the wolves joke. I think I just kind of like zoned out with the wolves portion because it was it was just so dumb and boring. Like there was nothing... There was a minor was, struggle about who's the alpha between what? What's his name? Sam Bam. and Jacob. So now there's two alphas. There's two separate packs, and a lot of it was just they're just. It, it seemed like they're just running around in circles mm-hmm. because they literally were. That was half of this fucking book was the wolves just running around in circles, like patrolling the Collins estate. Yeah, literally yeah. running around in circles, and that's it's such a good metaphor too, though. <laughs> Maybe she's more of a genius than you want to give her credit for. Is she though? Uh, no, she because really? after reading Fifty Shades of Grey and being so yeah. thoroughly like annoyed and exhausted and just hating everything about it and not enjoying myself at all, um, then we talked about how it's you know almost refreshing to read these turds. And so the first book inside book four, uh, you know, I was kind of like lighthearted and upbeat about it. Uh, I had the energy to endure all the repetitive writing and all that stuff. By this one, I was just, like, not paying attention. I just, I can't get myself to be interested in this like I could in the first one. So I've already, I've already hit midway fatigue, which seems to happen in every single one of Stephanie Meyer's books. Yeah. So the wolf stuff, I really glossed over. I just know that there was a lot of dialogue that doesn't add anything to the story at all. It's And it doesn't even color the characters. You don't learn more about the characters from the dialogue. It's just a lot of like catchphrasey what do you think teenagers yeah. talk like kind of stuff. Like, hey Spaz, yeah. what are you doing? Oh, back off. You don't get me. Like that, that kind of dialogue. And, it was, and then for no reason a wolf will hire and uh, howl in the distance and like, hey, we gotta go see what Sam needs. And then they take off running and it's like, this is so obnoxious. Uh... I, I saw that Quill has imprinted on Claire. Uh, that happened in the last book, right? Yeah, that's just creepy, though, because they're talking about that more. Because she's just, like Because Claire is two or whatever, and he's yeah. taking her to the beach and, and stuff. Yeah, it's her third birthday is coming up, so he's going to take her to the beach and, and have a birthday party for this three-year-old that he's wholeheartedly in love with, which... <sighs> it's not flat out pedophilia. I get what her little rule is that she made up. It's just like true love. But yeah, no, it's, ha- it's still it's have called to make grooming. It there, there's a word for it. It's called grooming, and men go to prison for it in real life. Yeah, but I know. In it's romanticizer. Yeah. But uh, in this, it's like, oh, it's just unfortunate. But it also, isn't it super romantic that he fell in love with a baby? He's going to spend years looking at this baby like, I can't wait to marry you. <laughs> it's so gross. But uh, I'm jumping ahead. By the time Bella has the baby, uh, Jacob is more drawn to Bella, and he makes a couple allusions to, like, maybe it's kind of the baby that's drawing him in. And by the time the baby's born, they kind of make that statement towards the end fairly clear that it's like, the baby has her eyes, and he's all drawn to the baby. Yeah. I think he's imprinting on Bella's baby. Yeah, I think that's kind of clearly what happened right at the end there, wasn't it? Yeah, and so... What is her obsession with falling in love with babies? Twice. Once, I, I, I to prove your point about this, like these rules you made up about imprinting. Fine. Oh, wouldn't it be weird if you imprinted on a baby? Okay, we'll put an example in there. Fine. Still gross, but whatever. That's her little thing she's doing. But now two babies. What are you? Are you also, a pervert? baby with <laughs> a really dumb name, too. Oh, Rene, Renesme. Yeah, and it's supposed to be Renee and Esme. So yeah, Renesme. I know. It's just, is it Renesme or Renesme? Renesme? I'm getting Renesme. Yeah, that's is what, what I was, I was figuring. Too. But, but uh, this is, it's so creepy how he's describing this baby. Um, I could see that now, how the universe swirled around this one point. I'd never <laughs> seen the symmetry of the universe before, but now it was plain. The gravity of the earth no longer tied me to the place where I stood. It was the baby girl in the blonde vampire's arms that held me there now. <laughs> Renesme. <laughs> <laughs> so disturbing and gross and not necessary. Um, again, with the baby stuff, uh, when Claire was talking in the first whatever chapters, uh, her baby talk was written out and was long. I mean, there's a know. whole bunch of pages of her <sighs> talking baby talk and stuff. I know. <laughs> so bad. It was so disturbing to read, especially knowing that there's a grown man like grossing out over her. 
Um, oh, so then, yeah, when at one point, like you said, Edward wanted to get cucked. Uh, Edward... Yeah, for for almost what no the fuck? Reason. I didn't understand the logic there. Like they were gonna. <clears throat> try what was the logic? Like Bella wanted the baby. a baby no matter what, so Edward's plan was like, "We'll kill this baby, but then we'll yeah. let the werewolf impregnate her with a different baby that's maybe not such a monster." Is that? It was I, this weird logic. I didn't understand. Me neither. That and I didn't. I didn't get it at all. I was like, "Well, he so." Immediately after saying, like, we need to abort the baby. But then, it's as if it's like a puppy. We'll get her a different one. So then it's like, will you? Yeah. Oh, will the wolf give her a puppy? Look at what I just did. Yeah, like what you did. Oh, yeah. you sound like uh, Rosalie now. Hey, I do, don't I? Oh, look at that. And didn't she give him, like, when he said, hey, can you get me something to eat? And she gave it to him in a dog bowl. I mean, that's the level of the hilarity that happens in this book. Like, oh, my God. She gave it to him in a yeah. dog bowl. Actually, we, we, gotta, we have to talk about that a little bit more, too. I don't know if you want to talk about that right now. Oh, well, uh, yeah, so let me make my point real quick. Um, so for no reason, it's like, well, we'll just get her a different one. Uh, she likes you. Would you want to get her pregnant? And in my head, I was thinking, like, there's no way she's going to, like, have artificial insemination. She's going to have to make some sort of obnoxious scene where they have sex or something, if this were to ever even happen, which, you know, it's not going to. And then, of course, Bella says, no, I don't want to. Uh, Jacob's line, it says, like I was in some goth version of a bad sitcom, was the quote from that whole scenario. And I was like, that's, it's like she's reflecting on her own book. And then, uh, after that whole thing has been set up and failed, then Edward's like, well, don't worry, because uh, in the past, humans never survived vampire babies. They always got killed. But now we have technology. And, uh, you know, Mr. Cullen or whatever, he he's able to have all this, like, medical equipment that they didn't have back then, so she's going to be fine. Well, it's like, if you knew she was going to be fine, yeah, why, well, are you trying but, to get rid of, why are you going to have another guy have sex with your wife? I don't understand but, where the yeah, jump this, happened. This amazing vampire doctor can figure out that the vampire fetus needed blood. Yeah, I was like, well, now we have more access to blood. So way, way back then, you couldn't have just, like, slaughtered a bunch of humans to feed this baby. I'm sure that wasn't above what the vampire mythology would go with. I don't know. The whole thing was, no, it wasn't like someone stepped in and said, hey, Edward, you don't have to abort the baby. It turns out we have the technology. It's not like something happened. It's just like, oh, you're not going to have sex with, uh, with Jacob? Okay, well, it's all right, because you guys will be fine. We have the technology now. So then why even offer? The whole yeah. thing was insane. But go yeah. ahead. What do you want to talk about with, uh, what, Alice? Well, what you said uh, with Rosalie yeah. feeding him out of a dog bowl. Mm-hmm. So that was just weird, because uh, Alice suggested that Rosalie get Jacob something to eat when they're all in the house. So yeah. Rosalie gets up, goes to the kitchen... Uh, Makes some noise. There's a lot of banging in the kitchen, and uh, no, she, she's fussy. She's angry. Well, and it turns out the banging was she was uh, crafting a, a mixing bowl into a, a dog dish, so it looked like a, she she bent it around and made it into a dog dish. <laughs> uh, but the the way it read to me, it seemed like she just like got up, went to the kitchen, was there for a few minutes, and came back with some food for Jacob. Right? Yeah, that's what I read. But, yeah. Well, yeah, me too, but. The thing is, she the food that she came back with was a steak and a baked potato. <laughs> so was that just hot and ready to go just in case? Or did she <laughs> feed it to him cold? Or was she actually in the kitchen for 45 minutes? Yeah, that's a really good point. Because Stephanie Meyer spends so much time writing out to the second what's happening in any scene or chapter yeah. or whatever. But then all of a sudden, like, she just skips over the whole making of the food part. But yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Like, the food is hot and ready to go the whole time. Yeah, so, yeah, what the hell? Where'd uh, the food come from? Uh, one of the, uh, I think when Jacob was uh, talking to Bella, at one point he said, I just wrote down this quote, um, that th- he says something like, I told you so to her about, I don't know what, like being involved with Edward or whatever. So she says, do you know that I told you so has a brother? His brother is shut the hell up. And then she talks about how she saw that on an episode of The Simpsons and how good that episode was, and they talk about it for kind of a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, why Why is this happening? <laughs> and that shit like that is why this book is 760 pages long. Oh, I know, and I swear to God, like, I was just zoning out as I'm reading all the dialogue between the wolves and stuff, and I'm like... 
this chapter or this this book or whatever is honestly going to boil down to three major things maybe that happen and all the rest of this is just hundreds of pages of fluff that do not need to be in here and that's kind yeah, of what's happening yeah why do we need 300 pages of werewolf exposition i don't and it wasn't even good where like you didn't learn more about them or their culture it's just back and forth banter stuff that wasn't even creative it was it's just bad um also they yeah. they point out that they're apparently supposed to let Charlie be under the impression that Bella's dead or missing or dying or whatever uh, because she's going to be a vampire and she doesn't want to see him that way, so she's just going to let him assume that she's dead, which is horrible, um, especially for love or whatever. So, But then they actually keep... The vampires keep letting Charlie know that she's doing okay. Um, I, does he... Does Charlie know that she's pregnant and having a baby? I don't know what the full story is. No, they, they concocted some story that she caught some rare disease in Brazil and had to be quarantined or whatever in there. At Bella's insistence, she keeps either calling Charlie or Charlie's calling the house just to talk to her like every day. Yeah. Okay. And then that's what a quote I have is Jacob saying, Bella wouldn't just shuffle off Charlie's pain for some other later date uh, for someone else to face. Even dying, that wasn't her. If I knew Bella, she had to have some other plan. But throughout all three books her shuffling, like not paying attention to how other people feel and just completely disregarding them is, is all she's ever done in all the books. So why in this case is she like this angel where she like, she'd never hurt another person knowingly, even though that's all she did to Jacob and everybody else. It's <laughs> just ridiculous. Yeah. So I saw that. I thought that line was pretty interesting. It's like, you can't just change your character now. It's too late. You've got three books under your belt of her being a selfish, petulant child. But anyways... Do you got anything else for what sucked? Um. Well, just okay. How, why? Why didn't they just do a C-section? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, the thing's breaking her ribs. Yeah, it's and kicking then, like, so they, hard it's breaking her ribs and her pelvis. And apparently. her pelvis, and at the very end, when she finally gives birth, it like snaps her spine so that she's. Well, it just, like, comes up... Well, they do kind of do a C-section at that point, right? Don't they just claw open her belly and take it out, basically? Yeah, I... That part... And that was the other thing. Like, they... How did they think it was... She was going to give birth to it, exactly? Because they kept saying, like, the baby was getting too big to, like, be inside of her. So how did they think it was going to travel down the birth canal? Like, human babies already have problems doing that. And this thing is apparently way bigger than a normal human baby. It's like the size of a 30-year-old man, the way it's, like, kicking. Yeah, so how's it going to get out? I don't know. What were they thinking was going to happen here? Again, I turned off. Because I was like, I don't. This is all. Because it's not about any kind of reasoning or logic behind, you know, or, you know, some understanding or following the own, her own rules that she set up in this story. It's not about following that. She just, she just wants you to know that like vampires are fucking awesome and they, they're super strong. So even if a vampire baby is going to like kill you and break all your bones and not even thinking about like, Oh, so yeah. Did they ever think that she was really going to pass this baby? Because the thing's apparently the size of like, you know, a five foot man or something just weird. I know. I know. But, you know, you stop paying attention to things like that because of Stephanie Meyer, and she just wants you to know how cool vampires are, so. Yeah, and I'm just, at a certain point, just trying to finish the assigned reading. And yes. I'm not, not reading it for time. comprehension. No. But some of these things still jump out, like, what the fuck? Well, for what's good, uh, I wrote down, I just love pregnancies. How about you? Anything <laughs> good? Because I literally was trying to find for real something good about this this book, book two, and I couldn't find a single thing. Like there was nothing redeeming about it. Where I'm like, well, this was okay. Like nothing. Do you got anything? No, like even no, like. <clears throat> and I'm, yeah, I'm the same way. I'm, I think I'm trying to find something good here. And like I said in the last episode, like at least it sounds bad. It's Fifty Shades of Grey, but. Yeah. This whole this whole book, this whole Jacob book, just seems so unnecessary and out of place. I don't. This is not needed. No, absolutely. Why did I, I read this? Yeah, I know. And why did she feel the need to dedicate hundreds of pages? Just have it be about Bella giving birth. Like this whole Jacob's point of view thing was just time wasting and didn't do anything. I, what did we learn? He's he is somebody who rejected being the alpha because he's just so fucking awesome. Because that's, you know, Bella only gets the most awesome guys after her. So he's so awesome that he was, like, going to be the alpha of his pack. 
but he's so modest and mature that he didn't want it, so he gave it to Sam. And then now, when it came to, like, them wanting to go attack the Cullens, he's like, you know what? I'm calling back the Alpha card. And then they said, uh, too late. And then he goes, all right, well, according to my people's rules, I can't be a part of this pack because no pack can have two Alphas. So I guess I'll just go off by myself. <laughs> that was the yeah. end of that, like, conflict. There was nothing. Where's the big wolf fight? I, wanted, I would love to see a wolf fight between Sam and Jacob. But he's an alpha without a... They even said at one point in the book, I'm an alpha without a pack. <laughs> Which is just so stupid. Very stupid. <clears throat> well, I got some things to say for the what the hell section. Yeah, uh, I think I maybe... Already said I didn't know what section... I didn't know to put stuff in the what sucks section or the what the hell section, so I might have... Oh, it's started. fine. Uh, you know, this is new for us, Ben. Uh, actual structure to the uh, podcast. I pretty much write down everything that's annoying and dumb, and then I just pick out the things that are the worst of the worst and put that in the what the hell. The most confusing uh, stuff. Uh, for example, uh, all the characters... And it wasn't just Jacob. Like, other people were referring to Rosalie as Blondie through some, like, the earlier chapters, and I couldn't understand why. And then it starts I think it's because she has blonde hair. <laughs> I know, but... It's not like anyone was calling her Blondie in the previous books, right? I mean, her previous I don't references. think so. So Jacob starts making shitloads of blonde jokes, and it just, like, starts filling up the pages. So I wrote down a few of them. Uh, you know how to draw a drown a blonde? Ben? Go you on. put a mirror at the bottom of the pool. That's right. Uh, this one I didn't understand. Do you know what you call a blonde with a brain? A golden retriever. Can you explain that joke to me? Because that doesn't make sense. Uh, dogs are smarter than blondes. But if you're a blonde with a brain, aren't you smarter? All right. <laughs> I, I, I still don't get it, but all right. <laughs> it's not so hard to erase a blonde's memory. What do you do to erase a blonde's memory, Ben? Oh, I don't remember this one. Oh, you just blow in her ear. Another oh. joke. I think that it's like I I think that she the bottom of the pool one is like okay you got that from like a joke book. These other two I think she made up herself because they don't really they don't really follow any like traditional joke structures. They just blow in her ear. How do blonde's brain cells die? Well, this one's kind of sad because it's alone. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then at one point he just flat out says dumb blonde. <laughs> <laughs> That's when he gets food in her hair. He just goes, dumb blonde. <laughs> That's it. Uh, oh, uh, the other thing about what the hell was that Edward, for some reason, spends most of the time trying to read the baby's mind. And then when he finally can read the baby's mind, he goes, oh, my God, he says he loves you to Bella, <laughs> which is just another example yeah. of Stephanie, uh, her, like, just brazen and embarrassingly honest fantasies playing out in this book. Like she wants to be the most popular, most beautiful person that everyone is just super focused on her and their lives are secondary because all they care about is her. And that's like everyone in town. So that's happening in this book. Another one is if she's going to get married, it's of course got to be the best marriage in the world. Of course there's got to be drama. Like the two white trash guys got to fight over her. Uh, she just wants that because it just adds more attention and drama. So that's part of her fantasy that she put in this book. And the other one is her fantasy is, I wish my baby could have told me that he loves me when he's in my stomach. It, so that's in the book now, too. Like, it's just pure love. The baby just says he loves you. It's just like, what the hell is going on? It's just like reading some sort of weird kink from some overly emotional person. Um I do have one other what the hell thing, but I think I'm saving that for the reading at the end. So. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he absolutely adores you. Uh, uh, and then the one thing I pulled out, and this is before I read the very end, um, where Jacob realizes that he's he's glad she's not leaving, and uh, that pull on him has become stronger, almost like it's related to her expanding belly, which is your foreshadowing. Not really much of a foreshadow, uh, just kind of flat out telling you that he's <laughs> printing on the baby. <laughs> so that's it for my what the hell. Do you got anything you want to add? 
Maybe. Uh, no, not not at this time. All right. Would we recommend it? Nope. Oh, yeah, of course I would. Very, very well written. No, of course not. No. Uh, and now on to the next section. <laughs> I love this part. This is like my favorite part. I want to call it Louis Anderson's Corner, but it's Ben's Corner. Well, yeah, I don't think there's going to be any Louis Anderson. They, Bella wasn't in this book very much and, and not a lot of dialogue. So Yeah, she wasn't as chatty. You're right. <laughs> Um, so I, I picked out a passage that I just thought was weird and creepy instead and doesn't involve Bella. <laughs> okay, fine. Go ahead. Leah snorted once and then launched herself into the forest. I could hear her claws cutting into the soil, pushing her faster. Nudity was an inconvenient but unavoidable part of pack life. <laughs> We'd all thought nothing of it before Leah came along. <laughs> then it got awkward. Leah had average control when it came to her temper. It took her the usual length of time to stop exploding out of her clothes every time she got pissed. (laughs) We'd all caught a glimpse, and it wasn't like she wasn't worth looking at. It was just that there was... (laughs) It was just that it was so not worth it when she caught you thinking about it later. (laughs) I didn't catch that part. I remember the nudity part, but yeah, the clear allusions to masturbation. (laughs) Like why, why was that paragraph in there? I love the I love the part of her getting angry and exploding out of her clothes. <laughs> just, that that whole paragraph is just so unnecessary. Why is that thing? Uh, again, thanks to this podcast, I've got more fodder for uh, uh, if I'm ever dating again. It's like, baby, tonight I want to take you out to a nice dinner, and then I want to get you so angry you explode out of your clothes. <laughs> Eh, Maybe something you can use on Friday (laughs) Yeah, that's my goal Oh, that was ridiculous Yeah, well That's Stephanie Meyer for you (laughs) She's got some pent up sexuality It's in there, it comes out in the weirdest ways Sometimes, but it's there She's got her own uh, Sexual thoughts that we're only getting Just small tiny glimpses of The tip of the iceberg well, with that, let's uh, say goodbye. And uh, maybe, Ben, you can mention the website and most likely the, the book website that we're barely affiliated with that you'll talk for a long time about and barely anything about our own website. Go ahead. Well, uh, first, if you're on the internet, go to nuzzlehouse.com. Oh, that's well, that's you. my strong recommendation. Oh, well, that's nice of you. At nuzzlehouse.com, you can see <laughs> new episodes as they're posted, both of the Book Boys and Leaves of Glen. <laughs> and there's also a link to our affiliate page on bookshop.org. <laughs> God damn it. Bookshop.org is an online bookstore with a mission to financially support local independent bookstores. If you don't feel like helping Jeff Bezos become a trillionaire, this is the place to buy your books. <laughs> is that it? Or you can do that thing where I start to talk and you interrupt me with more. Nuzzlehouse.com <laughs> slash bookshop. <laughs> or Nuzzlehouse.com slash book dash boys. Oh, That's boy. where the book boys episodes are. Yeah, it's a podcast where two middle-aged men read horrible <laughs> books. <laughs> oh, well, are you done? Because I did want to talk about... <coughs> oh, that's good. I'm coughing. Ah, coronavirus. Um, helicopter man pounds dinosaur billionaire ass. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, why? So that, the author is, is Chuck Tingle, right? Is that the author? <laughs> yeah. Why does that sound familiar to me? I feel like I've heard that before. Is, he's, is, he, is that a thing? I've read about this guy, and I didn't pay attention to his name or like the books he's writing. I just read an article about how uh, there's a science fiction book awards that a bunch of you know neckbeard types, just like really creepy guys that spend way too much time debating things that aren't very sensible or whatever they were getting really upset about the certain way that like most science fiction that's up for this award is leaning like a certain political shift or whatever, like very liberal or something. And they were upset about it. So they were kind of like protesting 
um, you know, the, the awards, like who's nominated. And so a bunch of them, I guess, promoted Chuck Tingle's book, which was like having sex with like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Like it's a, it's a book about homosexual supermen having sex with dinosaurs. They promoted that. So it was actually up for this like science fiction award. I don't know if it won or not. But the author was like, yeah, I don't really like the guys that promoted me. And, like, I know I'm writing dumb books to be funny, but let's not drag me into some kind of fight or whatever. So, like, Chuck Tingle seemed fairly reasonable. Okay. And so then all of a sudden, I was looking up, like, we don't, I don't know, we should probably read more science fiction or maybe, like, cowboys. Is there any cowboy books that wouldn't just bore us? Uh, And then all of a sudden, I stumbled across... Helicopter man pounds dinosaur billionaire ass. <laughs> so yeah, that's on our our to read list now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, we could we could make that or any other books. We got a couple more too. Uh, sort of the in betweens before we dive into any more uh, Stephanie Meyer. But what you mean like the short second like of of Brie Tanner and Eclipse Novella? <laughs> I have to keep calling it out by its full name. Yeah, like that. How short is a novella? Have you ever looked that up? Um, I think... 800 I remember pages? This one, just a small no, remember, brief? 800 pages? I think I remember it being less than 200 pages, actually. Oh, look at that. That's the novella. Okay. Yeah. And well, then, in any uh, case. Then Midnight Sun, we have to look forward to. I know. I'm to start actually. the saga over from Edward's perspective. Huh? What's that sound? Why? I mean, isn't she exhausted by the concept of, like, oh, I'm going to rewrite the same story I already wrote? But from a slightly different perspective, same events, same. I just, I kind of, I want to read it. Well, I guess we already got a taste of it with this uh, book too, Jacob. I want to read how poorly she depicts a male character from the first person, because <laughs> because she's completely captured successfully a female person. <laughs> <laughs> All the complexities and the, yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Well, that's it for me, Ben. You got anything else? I don't think so. I think we uh, we covered. We did. We did it. Short and punchy. Yeah, I think Short we did it. Short and punchy. It's the it's the structure, Ben. You stick with the structure. Yeah. Too bad Stephanie Meyer didn't have a structure when she was writing this book. <sighs> Can you imagine what that'd be like? Like if, if she, she if she had just like done an outline first instead of yeah just vomiting out words onto a page. I, yeah. I mean, she like somebody could give her a successful like the story circle, the hero's journey, the arc of like the, whatever, the hero going through all these stages. Somebody could write this out for her and she'd still be like, okay, this is good. And barely pay any lip service to the events that happen in the outline and just stick it with a ton of fluff about how sexy Bella is and how everyone wants her and stuff. It would, yeah, it would speaking, be speaking of the hero's journey, who is the hero of these books? I'm not even sure. Cause Bella <clears> is just the damsel in distress basically. So who's the hero? Is it Edward? You know, that's a good point. It's from her point of view, technically, but you're right. She's completely passive. She never does anything to move the story forward. She's just kind of there to be saved over and over or witness as, well, no, events don't happen that don't have anything to do with her. Like, I mean, she's a vessel for this special baby, but yeah, she's, I wouldn't call Bella the hero of these stories. But even like with the, the last book with the Volturi and stuff that were, coming after her and hunting. It's just all about how are they going to save her? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and at the end of this chapter, did they actually inject her with uh, vampire semen this time? Like to turn her into a vampire? Because her heart stopped and they were trying to get her to live. And I don't think it was semen. I, I think he called it venom. But yeah, Edward had a <laughs> syringe of <laughs> venom that he injected directly into her heart. Uh, that's another term I want to use now is... Uh, Oh, vampire semen? If I'm going to have sex with anyone, the first time we ever have sex, I'll say, oh, I should, uh, I, it looks like I'm out of uh, condoms, so I, we, should probably, we should probably hold off. And she'd go, oh, why is that? I'm like, because I, I don't want to infect you with my, with my venom. <laughs> <laughs> how do I get my venom, my venom in you? Do you take the pill to block the venom? <laughs> like, how do we keep the venom from creating I, uh, a vampire baby? Uh, you're, I mean, the women you're, going to be sleeping with their baron by this point, aren't they? Yeah. Usually the housing's been taken out, too. Uh, <laughs> what do I want to say? Hepatitis? Hysterectomies. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just this voice Wait, <laughs> in the back of my mind. 
I remember, I, I don't know if it was the last episode or the episode before, but you kept saying off the rails. Um, yeah, I did. I think it'd be more reason. apropos for this episode because we've definitely gone off the rails at this point. We have. We've said anal enough times. Who knows? Probably won't even stay in. Or, you know, uh, what? screw it. it. No one's really uh, listening to the show anyways. We can just put it in we want. Certainly not by this point in the recording. I think uh, uh, we could spend a whole episode just pretending to be racist as hell and no one will probably ever write in saying anything about it because no one's listening. <laughs> well, on that note. <laughs> but boys! Oh, look at that. You brought uh-huh. it back. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, I was wondering like, oh, do you think we're at a spot where maybe we can do in person again? But now we got the third wave of COVID going around, so that's out of the picture. Plus you might and, be carrying. Yeah, there's a strong <laughs> possibility. Like, I had Corey uh. over. Uh, last week to watch uh, our yearly, our annual Legend of Hellhouse viewing. Yeah, and um, and so he's like, you can't get around it. We're going to be in the house. He's sitting on one side of the living room. I'm sitting on the other. We're watching Hellhouse. Uh, and then he admits about like, like, yeah, I know, I know the COVID thing's serious. I just don't know anyone that's sick or anything. So I guess I'm sort of just letting myself get lazy. And I said, oh, uh, well, I know some people that have gotten sick. Uh, also, the president got sick. <laughs> what are you doing to get lazy? And he said, oh, well, it's like I went out with my brothers the other night to a bar and stuff. And I'm like, you did? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, was it packed? He goes, yeah, it was really packed. And I'm like, and you're over here now? Damn it. So I was counting the days. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've reached day seven, which is normally how I feel like I'm probably safe. So you're probably, yeah, because, yeah, you should probably be okay. There's certain levels of responsibility. I could never go sit indoors at a bar all night. That's just crazy. Yeah, no, I'm not doing. I'm not even ready to do outdoor dining. I didn't do any of that, so. Eh, some can be okay. Some, like I said, is creepy. You know, you could do shit like, like the arboretum, where it's indoors, but they also don't let a ton of people in right away. Yeah, and it's ventilated. You know, okay, because it's a big glass house thing. They just open up panels and let air in and stuff, so it's like ventilated pretty well. So I don't know, I'm just, I'm real. hoping Friday just goes really well and we could just, like, skip straight to uh, hanging out at each other's houses, so. Oh, look at you. That's not going to happen. I'm afraid <laughs> I, you actually I have know. to work a little bit harder than that, Ben. I know, but that's what I want. That's all I want. It's it's getting cold out. I want a warm body. Is you, that too much to ask? You say that like that's adorable, but clearly you're just talking about sex. And it's Yeah. It's not like saying, oh, I just wish I could just be, you know, uh, spend quality time with someone. I, I just love snuggling. I love snuggling. Yeah, that's a well, better I, way I of do. covering it up. But you're just like, I just want a, I just want a warm body. I just want a, I want a warm body. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Poor Ben. Poor horny Ben. When are you going to learn to make masturbation into an art like I have? I am thoroughly I'm, satisfied. I think I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> but it's it how you do soon. it. No, there's nothing wrong with it. I've reached a point where uh, anytime I do that, I'm just like, oh, well, I did that again. <laughs> I wish someone loved me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Nah. You just got to learn the art of good masturbation. When you're ready, <laughs> it's kind of like being a, like a, like a monk. It's like, look, I'm not going to try and talk you into it. You come to me when you're ready, and I'll teach you. <laughs> I'm not coming to you for masturbation. <laughs>